Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Football Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina. Joining me once again back from his week-long sabbatical, yeah. uh, former high school football coach Mike Lockman. Mike, welcome back. Welcome back to the to New Hampshire. And uh, thank you. Thank I had to take a week to find myself. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't find anything. Well, better, to, <laughs> better to do it now than uh, I suppose once uh, once we start the playoffs. Absolutely. Uh, we're recording the show uh, once again at Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua. You can send us questions for an upcoming show by emailing nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com or on Twitter at NHHSports, or you can come on down here and uh, throw some french fries at us while we try to talk and you know maybe make faces. It's I, I continue fun. to tell you that that's not, a, not good a good thing idea. to suggest to people, right? Well, no one's done it yet. So, <laughs> no, that's you know. true. <laughs> the show is available Wednesday mornings at nh-highschoolsports.com and also on iTunes. And, uh, you know, before we get started talking about football this week, uh, I wanted to mention something, um, I don't know, maybe maybe only significant to me, but I, I thought it was worth mentioning that this past week was actually the third anniversary of uh, when I left the Telegraph, uh, Nashua Telegraph. I was an employee there for about 10 years um, and started the website full time. Of course, I, I had actually I've been doing the website since 2010. Um, really went out on my own three years ago. I thought it was significant, Mike, to have you here because you were actually uh, the last game that I covered yeah. officially as a Telegraph employee. Um, in 2015, you guys beat up on Hollis Brookline. That was my last uh, Friday night assignment. Yep. Um, so I thought it'd be fun you know, to mention that while you were here. I don't know if you remember that game, how much you remember of that game. I, d I remember it quite a lot because I remember, I remember one – uh, that that Hollis Brookline was already banged up coming into the game. We were pretty good. They were struggling, and they I think they lost two players in their warm up, which I had never heard of before. I remember Coach Lowen's coming up to me and saying, "This guy blew out his knee in the warm up, and this other guy got you know got a concussion, something ridiculous." I was like, "Oh my God, Chris!" And then <laughs> and then I remember coming up to you after the game and saying, "I, I know this probably wasn't a fun game to cover because I think we 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 kind of we ended I, up." I think at that, away with it that point I didn't care. I just wanted yeah. to get <laughs> you just file my story and, <laughs> and you know wash my hands of it. Um, as I said, I was I was an employee uh, for the better part of ten years there, um, off and on at some points. Um, you know, just a situation where you know the direction that the paper was going in uh, was not where I wanted to go, and um, you know it was time to either to see if this was going to work. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm happy to say that, uh, well, it hasn't maybe developed as quickly as I would have liked, um, which I think you could probably always say about anything. Yep. Um, it is heading in the right direction, I feel like. Um, you know, that is, uh, I owe a big thanks, I think, to, uh, to quite a few people. Mike, of course, yourself, um, you know, doing the podcast. Chris Hetler, who else, you know, helps out in the spring uh, with a lot of the lacrosse stuff. Um, my friend that helped set up the site for me, his name's uh, Len Costa. Those of you in, in the Nashua Merrimack area might recognize that name. His went to high school with him here in Nashua. His parents actually just up until recently owned Axel's up in Merrimack, the ice cream hot dog stand. Oh, no, yeah. I used to work there when I was <laughs> oh a kid. Really? Yeah, really? that's an interesting connection too. Um, yeah, so big thanks to him for, uh, you know, he's handled a lot of the technical stuff with the website and, and all the other stuff that you see up there. Um, of course, the guys that have been writing for me for a couple of years, of course, Alex Hall, uh, Joseph Conti, uh, Corey Harrigan, uh, you know, more recently, Mike Abelson, 
Um, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. You, you're doing all this without notes. Which without notes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going off. Well, because usually <laughs> when I have notes is when I screw it up. Right. <laughs> um, you know, of course, I would like to thank everybody that's really that's has been a member uh, since uh, we added those, or I shouldn't say we. I added those uh, three years ago. Um, though that's been a big help, um, and it allows me to be able to continue to do the site. You know, to, to be able to, to support it on my end and also be able to pay people to, to help write stuff uh, for me. Um, you know, because that's really what it is. It's, you know, I, I feel like I go to a lot of things and people are so used to the papers being owned and run by people who don't, aren't local. Um, but you look at the websites, the websites in this state are a lot different. You've got Roger Brown doing his football report, Dave Haley doing, his, you know, New Hampshire sports page, myself with nhhighschoolsports.com. We're all you know, local, and we all run this on our own. Um, so, you know, a anyone that can help out at any point, you know, it's always greatly appreciated. And, of course, it's, you know, w being here means you can give me your feedback whenever you want. You see me at a football game and you want to yell at me from the sideline. And they from do. In the stands, every once in a while, you know. They used to do it to me as a coach. <laughs> no way. I've never heard that before. <laughs> I got people, some people yell at yeah. Oh. Hmm. Hey, I'll have to look into that. I think it's great to be, you know, as a coach, and, and I coached for a long time, I, I love it, – because it, it really is cool for the kids, right? I mean, I remember being a player, and the one thing that I always wanted to do is wake up in the morning and read the articles. And as a coach, that never changed. You know, I, my routine on a Saturday morning was always just eat all the articles up. And uh, I think the way that, that, that you guys who are in this kind of uh, relatively new business of um, – of, of doing the coverage online i mean it it, it it makes the high school sports experience like you know the kids can feel like it's a big deal right like i got my picture on the website there's an article that mentions my name and my stats and you know it's not just like you're going out there and, and playing in front of your crowd it's it's there's something that people can read about you um, i just feel it makes it it you know they always say you make the big time wherever you're at you know make, right. make where you're at the big time or whatever that quote is it's kind of that philosophy. That, that's how I, I. That's why I love it because you guys really make it feel like it's the big time, and it's you know it's this little state, New Hampshire, but with a proud sports tradition. And you can make the kids feel, and the coaches feel like it's kind of the big time. They're covering us. They're saying stuff about our performance. It's it's cool stuff. Sometimes I like to think that you know I don't I don't want to get you know get too full of myself with some of that stuff, but um, yeah, I like to feel like what I'm doing and what we're doing is is important. Um, you know, I certainly enjoy doing it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be here. <laughs> you know, it would be pretty silly to yeah. be continuing to do this if it didn't love doing it. Um, certainly do. Uh, and it's been, you know, it's been a very uh, eye-opening and enjoyable three years. And hopefully we're going to be doing this for, uh, for, many to come. for a lot longer. Well, congratulations, sir. Well, thank you. And, uh, yeah, enough of that. Let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's talk, talk about, about some, some football. football. Yeah, some... some <laughs> 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 um, you know, another... Another kind of interesting weekend in a number of, of, of different ways. And while there were some very close games and some upsets, um, I want to start with a game that was eye-opening for maybe a different reason, was that uh, Manchester Central-Bedford game yes. took place in Bedford last Friday. Top two teams in the D1 North Conference, and Bedford came out with a, a kind of surprising 45 nothing win. And I say surprising because not because Bedford won, not because Bedford won by a couple touchdowns, but because of the way they beat Central. Yeah. For s to hold Central scoreless, um, 
you know, with all that talent that they have and the, the offensive firepower, I, I was kind of stunned by that. I was too. I, I wasn't necessarily stunned by the 45 points, and maybe that's just sort of stereotyping Bedford as a greatest show on turf kind of offense that they've been through the years, but I was really surprised at the shutout. Um, although maybe I shouldn't have been. You know, I saw Central Live. I've seen Central Live twice now. I've been very impressed with them. I've seen them uh, on film uh, another time. But I don't know that it was the greatest matchup that Central could have drawn, right? The, 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 I think that I'm v- I've been very impressed with Central's offensive line through the course of the season, very impressed with Hockamock. You know, obviously, we've talked a ton about him on this show, um, and I still think he's a great quarterback. That, that, that loss doesn't change that opinion at all. But I do think that Central has been exposed a little bit in their pass protection, uh, and I saw that a little bit at Merrimack. I had mentioned that. Dyer and, and a couple of these other guys were able to come almost unblocked at times and disrupt Hockham's rhythm. So in a way, I was also thinking, geez, you know, if they if they felt like they needed to rely on the pass to beat Bedford and then they weren't able to protect. But you were at the game, so. Oh, no, I wasn't, I wasn't at that oh, one. Oh, I thought I you were at no, that No, I was one. at North-South. I ended oh, up going yes. to North-South. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but, I mean, it, it, it kind of, it makes me think, you know, it, we talked, I think, a few weeks ago about how those two games, Central and Bedford and then Central and North the week before, were going to kind of maybe tell us a lot about what we knew, you know, what we knew about Central. You know, were they, how legit were they? Yep. Because those are the other two teams I thought that were, you know, amongst the best in, in, the co- in that side of the division. Yep. Um, you know, when they, they played a back-and-forth game with North but ultimately dropped that one. Yep. Um, and then, you know, th- that result against Bedford. So. Yep. I, I, I got to imagine it's, you know, f- we're past the midway point of the season, four games left. You know, Central's got some games that could be tough, starting with this week against Goffstown, yep. which, you know, looks like a completely different team now that it's gotten through that tough early stretch. Um, and, and that's been a kind of an interesting new rivalry. Yeah, I mean, over Go- the last Goffstown has had the edge in that game the yep. last, I want to say, three or four years. Yep. So, I mean, that's by no means the the – win that it might have looked like for Central at the beginning of the season. No. Um, but and then you look at Bedford, and, I mean, the last uh, – they've got Nashua South this Friday. Um, you know, South has played teams tough, but they're banged up. Yeah. Um, Shut out by Merrimack a couple, couple weeks, weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, which, again, another one that's hard to believe. Yep. Um, they played a, a tight game with North last week. Turnovers really did them in. Um, you know, they've had a couple kids go down with injuries um, the last few weeks. I don't want to say that they don't have a chance on Friday, but I, I would be stunned by an upset there. Yep. So really looking at that, Bedford's got, you know, BG and Keene after that. That Merrimack game to end the season is probably their their last and only really big test yep. um, the rest of the way. Yeah, and, and – you know, again, from what I've seen from Merrimack, you talk, we talk the media in general, right? We talk about offenses a ton. Merrimack and Winnicunit probably have the best defenses in Division One. I. I mean, Merrimack's defense has done some incredible things this year. So that's an interesting matchup. I mean, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. <laughs> right, right, right. But, um, you know, you think about the stuff we were talking about, speaking of Central, you know, the, 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 the amount of times Merrimack's defense had to be on the field against Central. And, and maybe that's another reason why it didn't surprise me because we were – when I went to that game, you saw it. I said, "Wow, Central got four or five turnovers in the first uh, might have been the first quarter of that game. I think right. it might have been six in the first half, and yeah. it was they didn't turn them into points, not often. So I don't know. 
I don't know. So that, um, like I said, Bedford South, um, kind of an interesting matchup just to see what, I mean, South did a pretty good job of, of handling Nashua North's running game last week up until a point. You know, they, like I said, they've stayed in games this year, you know, but bet no one's been able to stay really with Bedford outside of North for about three quarters right. that first game of the season. Um, you know, North, it has the BG Keen matchups over the next two weeks, so yeah. they should be, they look like they're in pretty good shape. Um, Merrimack plays Keen this week. They go to Concord the following week, and then they finish with North and Bedford, so they've got a pretty tough stretch. Yeah. Um, so by no means, I, you know, are we looking at a situation where, you know, the, the four teams are locked in. I mean, you know, as we said, Goffstown, South, Concord even, yep. you know, still still all have chances there. So it's kind of maybe not exactly the order we expected, but, but it still feels like it's kind of wide open in terms of who, you know, the third and fourth teams getting in are going to be. Yeah. And it'll come down to the, uh, with those matchups you described. It sounds like last couple of weeks of the season are going to be stressful for a couple of those teams. So what we want, we from yeah. well from our perspective, yeah, absolutely <laughs> right. You wanted to With be something, entertaining. something to talk about. Yep. Speaking of things to talk about, um, I, I mean, uh, how shocked were you? I, uh, let me let me say this first. Halftime of that Salem Pinkerton game. At least looking at it on Twitter, I saw I saw the tweets coming in. Salem's up 15-14 at halftime, and I thought, whoa, okay, that's yeah, that's interesting. Let's see what happens in the second half. And then there was radio silence, like just yeah. You're nothing. like, what is going like on at the yeah, game? Yeah, <laughs> what is going on? Did everybody like? Did the game stop? Did it? Did people disappear? Like yep. what, what? What's going on? And then all of a sudden, I see fifteen, fourteen, final, and I just like, it was stunned. I mean, I, not just you know, the one thing of beating Pinkerton for Salem. Yep. Shutting him out in the second half, scoring I think eight, at least eight unanswered points, maybe fifteen. You know, spotting him a seven nothing or at least a fourteen seven lead. Yeah. Going for two at that point in the game to get that fifteen fourteen yes. lead. I mean, just. And they lost Dom Pacey. Yeah. At that some point, I mean, who is just um, a really really solid player for them. Could, I mean, and they just keep going. You know, they've been out without uh, Riley Mulvey for most of the season. Yeah. They lost. Uh, Maroon has been Maroon out. I think all year. Yeah. So I mean, it's you know, it, it really has been just next guy up for Salem, and it which is. Given what they lost from last year's team has just been remarkable. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and then you look at the – I was surprised. I, I was. Um, I'm not going to lie about that, although I, I've always thought that Salem is pretty impressive. Um, even even in the preseason, I was like, I still think they're going to be a great team, uh, even with what they lost. But the reason that I wasn't 100% surprised is that maybe a little bit of a hangover on Pinkerton's part, no matter how much I'm sure Coach O'Reilly tried to guard against that, you know, you had a pretty big win against Londonderry and, the week and before. And a win over Exeter the week before that. So right. really a, a tough three-game stretch for them. Right. And it's, it's, it's so hard in a, in a division that competitive to just, you know, I mean, we, we talked about Winnicunit last year and their undefeated season. And you said they were points or m sometimes a play or a mistake away oh, right, from yeah. having lost yeah. three games mm -hmm. in that one stretch where they had played Goffstown well, really that, tight. Exeter, that, yeah, you know. that Goffstown regular season game, I mean, they were down until the last 30 seconds right. of that game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, it can go either way. And, you, you know, in this one, it was a it was a point. It was a conversion, you know. In so the first half, at the end of the right. first half, yeah. So, th and that's fun, right? That's exciting. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, the coaches may not think it's very fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a little stressful. I'm, I'm, but, I'm uh, sure they don't. Right. But you know, what it also creates is really an interesting – kind of scenario at this point in the season 
um, with Londonderry beating Wyndham. Londonderry had beaten Salem earlier in the year, as you mentioned, Pinkerton beating Londonderry. They're all four and one. Yeah. They're all one and one against each other. Um, you know, there's not, despite records being the same, there's not as many ties as you would think in foot NHIA football because of the football rating. But quite literally, all three of them are tied because they all have the same football rating, which I haven't, I haven't posted this on the site yet. That'll be up either later tonight or tomorrow morning about what that tiebreaker is. Yeah. Because it's not, you know, can't be head to head, can't be rating overall. It's it's is not it like quality. Home wins it's, or it, away it, wins it, or something. It's um. I'm so rusty. Football rating in road games against division opponents. All right. Wow. Uh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which at this point, mainly because Pinkerton beat Londonderry on the road. Right. They get the tiebreaker. Right. And be and because it's Salem lost to Londonderry on the road. Right. So that gives Pinkerton the tiebreaker, uh, in the three. So. Yep. Of course, that'll likely all change this weekend. Salem, of, clo- of course, playing Wyndham. Londonderry is hosting Winnicunit Friday night. Wow, yeah. Um, That's a fun game. Yeah, so that that should be pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, and we've got to mention Winnicunit and this um, phantom win streak that, that I don't even – I'm not 100% sure where this came from, but, you know, some are, are touting as a, a state record I saw that. I was interested in, in the validity of that. I was looking at it on Twitter. I was like, is that is that real? And what are they basing that on? I mean, if, you don't, I don't, I if don't you don't think that f- football was played before in New Hampshire before 2015, I guess maybe <laughs> it is. Um, you know, because you look at, you know, like, like I think I mentioned on Twitter this week, you know, Concord from 2012 to 2014 had a an 18-game win streak, yeah. which matches that. Um, and that's, I mean, which is funny because nobody was talking about that. I, yeah, yeah. Championship. Well, I mean, they were a great team. I it took in about five minutes. I was able to click here and click there and go back and look at some stories and, um, you know, was able to, to figure that one out. Yeah. Um, it's not even the longest winning streak, current winning streak in the state right now. Plymouth has Plymouth. won twenty games in a row. Yep. Um, and it's still going. And you could hear the argument about, oh, well, they're not a Division One team, but you know what? You, the, the, the Plymouth yeah. plays some pretty freaking good football. Yeah, and yeah. and <laughs> just ask anybody else. In they division. still have to, you know, they maybe their their level of competition may not be as high, but yep. their depth and the number of kids that they had they have to go win some of those games. You know, maybe that's not as as uh, easy to do. You know, given that they're in a smaller school, right? Um, you know, if they if if uh, a D one team was to go play that schedule, yeah, maybe they'd have an easier time. But they've also got more kids, right? Um, but I mean, you go back historically, you know, Pinkerton had some long winning streaks. Central had some long winning streaks. Yeah. Memorial back in the seventies yeah. had a long winning streak. Nashua back in the fifties, I believe yeah. had, um, consecutive championship years. Oh, Plymouth that they had the, the, that, and of that course, class yeah. that never lost a never, never four years, four never, straight yeah. years of undefeated yeah. championship seasons. Not to take anything away from Winnicott, though. No. I mean, what they've done is, is impressive, is, uh, is especially this year, considering that, you know, we a lot of us thought, you know, looked at who they lost yep. and, and wasn't quite sure of what, what they had coming back. And all the adversity with some of the nagging injuries that they've had. They've, and they've had been a ton of injuries. Next yeah. team yeah. like Salem, where every week it seems like it's a different back going over 140 yards. And uh, um, I forget their quarterback's name. Is it uh, La Rosa. La Rosa. Yeah. Um, I believe he's back. Yeah, has yeah. been back, and and but they had other guys filling in early. I mean, th- now th- that's still a great story. Things get a little bit tougher for them from here on out. Yes. They of course have played Wyndham and they played Exeter last week. I, I saw some that in that same story. First time they've beaten Exeter in back to back years since like the mid nineties. Yeah. Um, this week they go to Londonderry. 
Next week they play Salem. Then they go to Timberlane, and but then they finish the year with Pinkerton, Pinkerton at home. Yeah. Um, Which is a rematch. A re- of yep, rematch of the title yep. game. Um, and, you know, could very easily be for the number one seed at, at that point in the year. Yep. Um, you know, so it's it's by no means – I mean, if what they have done to this point is is uh, impressive. It is. But it's not done yet. A- and if you look at the wins, like you think Wyndham. We all know Wyndham's a good team, but that was Wyndham's first foray into Division One. That was an ugly, ugly game for yeah. both teams. I think that one – if they played again, it might be a little bit less close, I think. Yeah. Because that clearly had the look of teams that haven't had enough time to practice yet. Right. Right. With the new with yeah, the shorter, with the new, shorter new format, yeah. right? You know, Portsmouth has struggled. Spalding has struggled. Dover's been very inconsistent. They've yeah. done some interesting things. Um, They've played uh, some teams close and then other teams yeah. not as close. Yeah. And, and, they, and certainly, you know, anything can happen in the Exeter-Winner-Cunnett game, but Exeter's been having an extraordinarily uncharacteristic above average year as opposed to dominant year <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right so <laughs> all right um so they play uh as we said londonderry this week that'll yep. really put that streak on the line yeah should be a very good one um but you know let's we we spent so much time on d1 i want to jump to d2 yeah uh, for a little bit of course the the game of the year um last saturday plymouth at st thomas yep um you know kind of a, a i mean looking at that it, it says to me that um, you know Plymouth is legit once again. Yes. Not to say that St. Thomas isn't, but there may be a few few steps behind uh, where Plymouth is. Yeah. Um, you know, especially given that St. Thomas has beaten Alvern, they've beaten Milford, you know, they've beaten Southampton, some of the teams that would be in the playoffs right now. Yep. Um, you know, if if they started today in D two. Um, you know, so. Well, and Plymouth went to St. Thomas. Yes, as and well, that's the other thing too. Which yeah. Which is that's a tough trip. Yeah. Um. I think that's a very quality win. Yeah. Um, and another interesting thing that I did look at today in the uh, the playoff picture that was posted this evening, or, yeah, Tuesday evening, um, you know, you look at the, the crossover games to this point, and, and who would be, like I said, who's in the playoffs right now if they started today? Um, you got a lot of three and two teams. Um, but right now, the ones in the south have a little have better ratings than the ones in the north. And, you know, maybe Plymouth and Hanover are the class of the division. You know, Bo is in there, too. But St. Thomas, Alvar, and Milford, their ratings end up being a little bit better than the middle of the pack in in the north because the bottom of the south I don't think is quite as – They're they're beating the bottom of the north. Right. And therefore getting those extra wins. Right. So I think it's going to be an interesting dynamic as we kind of move along here that you may end up seeing five teams from the south and then three teams from the north getting in. Yeah, and I'm confused because I I didn't think that the south was going to be strong this year, and, and I'm still not sure whether they are. I mean, some interesting things have happened that I, I just can't put my finger on. I, I thought for sure the north was the class of those two, and that you'd see, you know, a rebuilding Milford team, uh, you know, a pretty good Hollis Brookline team, but maybe not somebody who could compete with, like, a Plymouth or a what have you. And um, I don't know that... that I can't get my. I still have a hard time getting my arms wrapped around what this, what what South is all about. Mm-hmm. Um, North seems a little bit more clear. I, I still think John Stark is a pretty good team. I've seen them live once or twice. And well, we will definitely find out. I mean, because some of the crossover games that still have to take place. You got Milford Kennett this Friday yeah, in Mil- in one. Milford. Oh, thank um, God. <laughs> 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 um, 
Alvern, I believe, goes to John Stark in a couple of weeks yeah. to play them in a crossover game. The end of the year, Bo comes down to play Sauhegan. Um, and I'm I'm not sure who Guilford. I think they cross over with Sanborn. Um, but you know, Guilford's a team that's still in the mix there at three and two. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's still a couple of games that are going to be, yeah. you know, a, a bit of a toss up just because there's no common opponents there to look at. Right. And there were some major eye openers. Right. In the South <laughs> this weekend, right? So you had uh, the game that I went to. I went to see Hollis Brookline and Pelham, and that was kind of a big hyped up thing because. Uh, Pelham, who at, at that at that very point when they played Hollis Brookline last year, was sort of starting their Ascent. their wake up call, right? Yeah, 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 like they they were really gelling as a team, and that was a six nothing shutout of a really potent um, Hollis Brookline team. So I went I went over there thinking, hey, this will be a pretty emotionally charged game, and uh, you know Hollis will be looking for a little bit of revenge. Pelham um, has. I would almost say underperformed a little bit I, based yeah, on how I would, you feel. I would too. Yeah. You know they lost to Milford. Uh, Milford pretty beat them pretty convincingly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a you little know they while had that they, that opening loss to Alvern too that was a little bit of yeah. a stunner. Yeah. Although um, you could look at that and again in you hindsight. Say, eh, yeah. You know, in maybe hindsight. Yeah. Practice time. But uh, I stood in the end zone watching the uh, the Hollis Brookline Pelham game and I mean there's no there's no nice way to say it. I mean Pelham just completely uh, obliterated. Hollis Brookline. I mean, I, I, and I think what they found was the key, to me anyway, seemed to be Pelham had the ability because of their physicality and what they had up front to just disrupt Sander Wimmer, who's who's a great quarterback. Uh, but they got to him, and then everything after that was just off for Hollis Brookline. They, their their receivers, who are all very talented, would drop the ball. There were penalties that were uncharacteristic. You name it. I, yeah, I was I was you know looking at your uh, looking at your tweets as they were coming in. And I just kind of every time just, what the hell is going yeah. on over there? Well, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, and and you had said before that you said I was explaining to you the manner in which Pelham uh, played offense, which was, you know they they they'd have some successful plays, but then they'd uncork a, a fifty-five yard touchdown pass to some six foot three receiver who, whose name escapes me. They have two really big receivers whose names I've mentioned on the show before, and now I forget. But and you said well. <laughs> Sounds like what Hollis would do with Simcoe last, last year. Last year, yeah, yeah, they yeah kind of out, out Hollis. To, uh, Hollis. Y- yeah, exactly. Yeah, just um, kind of an eye opener. Um, and and then Sauhegan Milford. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Which was is a big rivalry game, not right. quite the Exeter uh, Winnicunnic game, but yeah. but you know the split school story, um, similar to Londonderry Pinkerton, where they used to be together North way North back in the South, day. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Wyndham Salem, which we get for the first time this week. Yes. Uh, should be interesting. Yeah. Um, That's a good yeah, point but too. But I mean, it was a uh, it was a rivalry that Sauhegan dominated. Yes. Um, you know, up until about twenty what twenty thirteen, I guess you would. Uh, yeah. Well, they yeah they had yeah. a big Milford had a big win in two thousand two thousand nine or ten. I think. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then it, it it sort of that was where it begun, where Milford started to find a way in and yeah and and make that really competitive. But, um, but I mean that score wasn't as close as. The, the game was not as close as the score indicated. No, they pl- so he got a couple late touchdowns there, right? Yeah, I mean yeah. one was off a, you know, the very the turn, first play, yeah. the 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 turnover quarterback fumbled the ball and a and a D lineman brought it back. But I think Milford only attempted a couple pass plays and just they just pounded on the ground. Which when you again when you think about Sauhegan and how they've performed against some of these better teams through the season, uh, I'm really having trouble figuring Sauhegan out. 
because oh yeah, they've played yeah. really well against Alvern, who's a, a very good team. They played really well against um, St. Thomas. St. Thomas, yeah. right? To to I think to open the year, they yeah. almost won that game. Yeah, and then but then they only beat Conval by, by th- thirteen, thirteen nothing, and Conval just got obliterated by West. Yeah, um, and and then they got manhandled by Milford, who. You know, at the beginning of the year, I would have said Milford would be a pretty good. They'll be yeah. clawing and they, scratching. And they needed a last sec or a end of the end of the game touchdown against Sanborn too, didn't they? Uh, Sauhegan. Yeah, yeah, they had them. a miraculous yeah. come from behind against Sanborn. So Sauhegan's been tough to figure out. Milford was also tough to figure out, but now you've got to give the edge to Milford with that was just a convincing physical win. Uh, trying to pull up here, who I mean, we said Milford has Kennett coming up. Uh, I believe Sauhegan plays Pelham this week. Yep. Sauhegan plays at Pelham um, Saturday West. afternoon. Yeah. And uh, then they end with Bo, which is a – that's going to be a Interesting, interesting game, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's take a quick look at um, D3. Um, you know, kind of well, – there is one game that I'm kind of intrigued by that um, is on the schedule for Saturday. Um, Monadnock going over to Hillsboro during Hopkinton. Yeah. Um, for, you know, a game between a Monadnock team that's 5-0 and and a, a Red Hawks team that's 4-1. and Yep. Um, and really, I mean, if you look back at it, it should be 5-0. and They could be, right. Um, they had a really rough game against um, Interlakes. Interlakes Moultonboro yeah. in terms of penalties, and they lost their quarterback, and, and they lost by what, a point? A point was yeah. it 15-14? I think, and so, so yeah, it could be. It, it, they were a point away, if I'm correct, from from being undefeated. From being yeah. A, yeah, this being a battle of two undefeateds. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Manadnock went up to Trinity, um, in a game that was pretty close down to the wire. Yeah. Despite the fact that I think Manadnock dominated that game statistically, that they just moved the ball up and down the field, they just couldn't score. Right. And that Trinity, you know, really struggled to to put points on the board. Yeah. Um. You know, so now I'm curious to see what are they going to do. You know, is is Hillsborough during Hopkinton on that level yet? Um, you've seen them more than I have, so I, I'm. Yeah, I have. I mean, I, th- I I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm I'm a fan, and I'm very I'm very proud of what they've done. Um, but when you look at the, uh, they're going to have to play their best possible football game. Um, because Monadnock is is a well-established program with a lot of tradition, and they're just absolutely bruisers in terms of their physical. But they can also they also get great athletes, um, right? And I think Hillsborough counters with a Colby Quiet and uh, Yanakopoulos, who's a really experienced quarterback. But I don't know when I look at the Hillsborough Deering Hopkinton uh, schedule. They they have their toughest road ahead of them. You could, I mean, the oh Laconia yeah, no win question. was a quality win. Uh, Lebanon was a pretty good win. Yeah, too. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, Lebanon, who they just beat, was yeah. a great win. I mean, yeah. against a talk about an established program, but you still have Monadnock Trinity and uh, Stevenson. They're Epping Newmarket mixed in there. Yeah, but yeah, that that um, the next well, the three of those four games are going to be pretty tough. The, the thing going for them, I think, maybe is that they're all at home. Yeah. Um, you know, in the field behind the library there, right in, uh, in Hopkinton. Yeah, uh, yeah. So maybe you get a little bit of a, that that home field advantage. To you know, somebody you know, else I is going to come in a little flat. Yeah, that it, and and just kind of being a little, you know, kind of like I I have never been there for a football game. I have been there for a lacrosse, 
and I remember the first time that I wa- walked out there and was like, this is where we're doing this. It's, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's very intimate. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it because I'm one of those guys. I like that sort of. A, yeah. Th- I yeah. mean, I like being in the big places, too. But if you're a t- as a coach, though, I hated that. Yeah. I hated going over to. I remember when we were at Hollis Brookline, we used to go play Pembroke sometimes. Not that Hollis oh, Brookline, yeah. not like we had oh, anything. No, but I know what you're talking about. With like the, the <laughs> Pembroke field was just kind of like they uh, had they had some grass over in this yeah. one side here. It was like, let's play football on this. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and, 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 and the players. The wind there was always terrible, too. Yeah. It, it, oh, I haven't been up there in a few years. No, so neither yeah. have I. But that's that's an advantage. But it, 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 that is a that is an interesting game. I, 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 I'd like to think that's going to be very competitive, but I just – I'm concerned about. I, I mean, I know Manadnock is just really good, and so I, I'm I'm curious as to whether Hillsborough is going to rise up or um, whether the Red Hawks will will get thumped a little bit. The other other two games that I kind of uh, marked as as big ones, I think, this week in, in D3, you got Stevens going to Laconia. Um, I think it's a big one for for both sides. Um, you know, Stevens has played a couple of um I, I mean actually I take that back they haven't really played you know eh, too many tough teams on their schedule yet um you know again like like the Red Hawks there yeah the Red Hawks though they've got some of their tougher games as the season comes to an end um but the other game I was also kind of looking at was the Interlakes Moultonboro at Trinity yep. Saturday night you know just because Trinity's lost a couple games now after a pretty good start you know how real are they Interlakes has struggled since that one, the one win, and and going by rating, that one win makes them the best of the one and four teams there, yeah. um, giving them that last playoff spot at the moment. So it's a big game for them to kind of stay ahead of everybody, especially when you consider, you know, Summersworth, a team that started 0-4, uh, got their first win over Interlakes last yeah, week, yeah. and it ends the year with some winnable games. You know, that could propel them up the ladder. Right. And to your point, almost the opposite of what we were saying about a couple of the other division teams, Summersworth played Campbell, Manadnock, Laconia, and Stevens. Boom, 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 boom. So they could be they could go on a tear, yeah. Summersworth. Yeah. Um, they've been through a gauntlet. Trinity, very similar. They just went through a tough stretch of having Manadnock and Campbell back-to-back, and they were, they were undefeated before that stretch. So still a lot to be decided, I'd say. Uh, and, you know, just real, real quick, D4, you got the two undefeateds. Of course, none of them are playing this week. Uh, Franklin and Winnesquam still at 4-0. Uh, and Newfound 3-1. And, and then Raymond coming in at 2-2 two two to round out their, their playoff field. Yeah. Um, you know, Franklin and Winnesquam don't play each other till that last week of the season. Potentially, they both could be undefeated by then. Winnesquam's played, a, I think, a tougher schedule to this point um, than Franklin has. But... Still not too sure what to make of, of most of those D4 games. No, it's been harder to get a, a gauge on it. That's for sure. And we won't learn anything this week. No. Because they're not playing. Right. Oh, is that right? Is this the bye <laughs> it's week? It's a bye week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The second bye week for D4. Hmm. Any uh, any final thoughts to, to wrap up, uh, I guess, what is this, week six to of the uh, yeah. regular season? It went fast. What do you think the game of the week is? Uh, probably, I would say that Winnicott at Londonderry game might yeah. be the one that that that's uh, gets the big circle around it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would say so too. That's that's the one that I'm, yeah. I'm interested in. Yeah. 
All right. Well, he is Mike Lockman. Mike, thanks again for joining us. Absolutely. Thank I, you. I am Joe Marcellina. Uh, you can catch this at nh-highschoolsports.com and all of our football coverage from this weekend. Uh, thanks again for listening. <laughs>